0: Hi, I'm Liz Ware, and I'm Raelle Bell, and this is That's Brilliant, the podcast by the American Lighting Association.
1: So today we're going to talk about integrated homes. Uh, What is that? (laughs) That's (laughs) a good we're going to (laughs) find out. So many smart products are available on the market now, and there are smart bulbs, and there are smart thermostats, and there are smart window shades, Mm -hmm. and eventually, all these products are going to be able to talk to each other to coordinate keeping our homes cooler with less energy in the summer and warmer in the winter, and lit up as we come home. So we don't come home to a dark house, but not burning energy when we're not there.
0: Okay. So what you're saying is my automated shades and my app controlled outdoor light bulbs and my nest thermostat are all going to
1: talk to each other one day they're all going to talk to each other one day and (laughs) (laughs) one day (laughs) and they're also going to have some sort of communication with the grid so that because the grid needs to have a what's called a balanced load which Mm -hmm. means they need to be producing the amount of energy that we're using so they need to really ramp up production when everyone is using their energy at the same time so if the grid could say hey if you don't need to wash those dishes right now can we do that later when i'm not so stressed so your dishwasher will also be able to talk to the grid
0: okay so this is all kind of trying to prevent the situation we here in texas dealt with last
1: january huh yeah, last January where I was without power for 3 days. Oh my goodness. We live- huddled under the covers with my cat.
0: <laughs> yes, that's that was scary stuff. Fortunately, we live kind of off the grid a little bit more, so our <laughs> I think the load of our area wasn't as high and and we we never lost power, but I really felt for everyone that was in that situation. So something like this is really important.
1: Well, and we're only using more and more energy all the time. There are more people, there are, you know, more developments, there are more things plugged into the grid. You know, back mm-hmm. in the 20s, we had a light bulb and I don't know, that was it. But <laughs> but now we're powering all our streaming devices 24-7 and top of everything else. So So to make smart use of our energy resources makes sense. Well, this sounds like a very interesting
0: topic. And today we have a guest who is from the Consortium for Energy Efficiency, or CEE, which is a U.S. and Canadian consortium of gas and electric efficiency program administrators. And they all are working together to accelerate the development and availability of energy efficient products and services for lasting public benefit. And we'll get into what exactly all that means
1: in a minute, a little more. Our guest, Alice Rosenberg, is a Principal Program Manager at CEE. She oversees the residential sector, where she facilitates members to build consensus positions and identify roles where binational constituency can significantly impact the market. Her technical expertise includes residential measures, systems, and building envelope. So as we dive into this discussion with Alice, we're
0: going to learn more about how and why an integrated home and connected products are becoming increasingly important, like we just discussed. And we'll also hear about the integrated home competition, which is an initiative of CEEs supported by ALA and other entities with similar missions, and how this competition is helping to promote an integrated home that meets consumer needs and expectations while delivering on energy
1: performance and demand savings. Before we start our discussion with Alice, we would like to thank our sponsors, Kitchler Lighting and Hinkley for their continued support.
0: Welcome, Alice. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're glad you're here. So I would like to start off and kind of give a little bit of background to our listeners about what is CEE?
2: Yeah. It took me a couple of years to figure out who CEE was. We are a consortium of energy efficiency program administrators, or for shorthand, utilities mostly. Those companies across the U.S. and Canada that are using ratepayer funds to deliver efficiency programs to their customers and try and help them use less energy. So, locally they're running programs for their customers. We bring them all together and sort of help share best practices and help influence industry and manufacturers to make sure that those desired products and capabilities to really help reduce energy and lead towards a decarbonized future um, are possible
1: and Part of the reason a utility wants to reduce use i mean they're in the job of sell, they're in the business of selling energy, but they want to reduce peak demand because they've got to balance what the customer's energy requirements are and what energy they're producing. Is that correct?
2: That's right. So they want to do a lot of things and they're highly regulated, but they don't want to be building new power plants. That's for sure. That's million billion dollar investments. They want to try and have energy be used uh, as little as possible and as constant as possible. And when you get things like solar panels coming on and helping provide clean energy, wanting to really be able to utilize those when that energy is available and not have to tap into additional power plants or um, dirty energy.
0: So where do products fall into all of this?
2: Products uh, use energy. And so anything and everything that uses energy is on utilities radars. Um, You know, building envelope is certainly important, but once you have a tight home, you want to make sure that all the products and and measures inside the home are both using as little energy as possible, but also able to use it in smart ways. So um, preheating water in the morning before the showers are taken or being able to have a little bit more control over when energy is used to help manage towards that really dynamic grid and peak demand and those various needs. So everything that uses energy or contributes to energy use really does matter.
1: So CEE has come up with a fun way to kind of shine a light on products that help in this regard. Tell us about that.
2: We have. Um, we're really a market transformation entity, meaning we are working with our members to try and get better, safer, more efficient, smarter products mainstream and really help those early you know, products get onto the market so they can be mass produced. And so one fun way to do that is a competition. Um, everyone loves a healthy competition. And the idea for a competition uh, has been around for over two decades. We began in 2002 with a Lighting for Tomorrow competition, an annual event where we invited lighting manufacturers to submit their most innovative, most energy efficient, high performance lamps and fixtures and ceiling fans. And we kind of laid out a series of criteria to let them know what we as utilities were looking for and kept that model going for the past 15 years until we realized the market was actually pretty well transformed seeing cfls and subsequently leds uh, there's been a lot of strides in performance in the lighting space and so now we're moving on to um additional challenges really connected lighting and whole home smart solutions that can get to some of those uh, grid concerns and opportunities
0: Yeah, let's touch on lighting. Um, We've talked in the past before about how lighting is such a great product to lead the way for this integrated home competition and the the whole idea of an integrated home.
2: Lighting is more fun than HVAC, I will say. Um, And it's a lot prettier than water heating. And it really is an entry point for homeowners. They have a lot of you know, personal vested interest in the quality and experience of their home when it comes to lighting. And so it's a great, not just segue into a fully connected, integrated home, but also a really tangible way that consumers can have more energy management and sort of control of their home in ways that are not just about saving energy, but being comfortable and being safe and really having some authority and uh, access to their home as a a grid interactive entity.
1: So when you transition the competition from lighting to, to connected home to integrated home, why is that important? What is, what's the, purpose of, of having smart devices that can talk to each other?
2: It is important for a lot of reasons, but it's, it's sort of like working with a therapist. They're going to tell you that communication (laughs) is always very, very important. And that's the world that we're heading towards. And so while you want all your products again, to always be efficient, because that's going to reduce the absolute amount of energy. We wanna see homes that are smart because what that will enable is communication with the grid and other third parties who might participate in the total energy management ecosystem. And so when you have a home where the products and devices within it can communicate amongst themselves as well as with the utility, there can be a lot more granular control over when and where energy is used without compromising amenity, just being able to better service the the needs of sort of the the dynamic system going on
1: you say without compromising amenities so so the grid is not going to turn my heater down to
2: uncomfortably warm or cool temperatures when they need to that that's correct Uh, a lot of people think the utilities are are out to get them and make them miserable and that's usually not the case they are really um obliged to use ratepayer funds to provide safe, clean, reliable, and affordable energy. So those are really the metrics that they are using when they try and help you as customers. And if you like your house boiling hot in the winter, freezing cold in the summer, there will be no shutting that down. It's really about helping you find the preferences that you are looking for, and just assisting in ways so that you're not wasting energy in ways that aren't useful. Um, And a lot of that really can be behind the scenes. So for instance, if you are coming home and want your house warm, you probably don't need to leave the heater on all day. You can probably set it up so that it, it kicks on before you get home and is nice and toasty, but not wasting energy while you're gone at work eight hours a day.
1: I've also heard about a use case where your air conditioner can talk to your ceiling fans and if the ceiling fan if there's also a sensor and it knows that you're in the living room where the ceiling fan is it can turn on the ceiling fan so that you don't have to have your air conditioner going so
2: hard is that all possible. It is, or it will be soon. And that's really the the idea. It's just like your body is a whole system where everything interrelates. So if we have all the different end uses, as well as the envelope in cahoots with each other, then there can be a lot of um, further refinement, again, to your preferences and amenities. So you're right. The When the shades are up, you probably don't need as much heat if there's solar heat gain coming in and the sun is shining. If your lights are on, you also probably don't need um, maybe as much heat because of what that's putting off. So it's small technologies that have been around for a long time, mostly sensors, um, that are really able to give us those detailed pieces of information that in aggregate, the home can use collectively to really work as a system and be able to optimize things for you as the user.
0: Yeah. So that's really key is products that can talk to each other and communicate with each other. And that's what the integrated home competition focuses on, right?
2: It is. And I'd say we're, we're at a pretty early stage. There's tons of smart things out there, smart, everything, smart toasters. I don't know why you'd want, but there's, there's (laughs) lots of stuff going on in the market. What we're trying to do is really make sure that the ability for them to communicate with each other is first and foremost, because what we don't want are people buying um, a dishwasher that will then not communicate with their clothes dryer. That might not be a necessary communication, but you know, systems that are so proprietary that you need 17 different apps just to get into your living room. So that's kind of what we're working towards is making sure that the, the home can be a ecosystem again, where the the different end uses are all able to communicate and not having to provide any sort of, obstacles for the consumer, any sort of technological frustrations. Um, It really could be set it and forget it unless you're the type of person who likes to go in and have 700 apps and, and play with them every morning, which is some folks, but a minority.
0: Right. So specifically, what are some of the lighting ceiling fan control products that have you've seen in the competition that have been winners or special recognition?
2: I've personally been most excited by those that really do integrate with other products. So we've seen a certainly a, a large focus on controls and connectivity, usually focusing on one or more amenities for the homeowner. There's been a lot of interest in looking at safety. So for example, um, security and outdoor lighting that can use sensors to really engage with homeowners and let them know when something's around. A lot on sort of combining with speakers or music and kind of having that whole experience, particularly when we're home all the time with COVID, Um, and then similarly kind of getting some nuanced customization like color tuning or circadian rhythms or dimming and amber lights for for nighttime. Um, So really, again, taking some of these pretty simple technologies with things like sensors and really building on them and maybe further having the communications with the shades, with the HVAC systems, other parts of the home that are related to lighting, but maybe tangentially. And then I'd say one other theme, in addition to kind of the the safety, we saw a really neat ceiling fan that had UVC germicidal lighting. So really kind of tapping into lighting plus um, and, you know, going beyond just the bulb or the fixture.
0: That makes sense. Thus switching to the integrated home rather than just the the lighting competition. We'll get back to our conversation in just a minute. But first, a message from our sponsors. This year, Hinkley is celebrating a century of style. That's 100 years in business. Hinkley is proud to be a fourth generation family company with the mission of providing customers with exceptional lighting and ceiling fan products. They understand the passion their customers feel for their homes and are dedicated to helping them realize their vision. Learn more about the company, including some incredible charity work they do,
1: at Hinkley.com. Kitchler Lighting is more than just a lighting company. They're a bring people-together company focused on strengthening and growing relationships. They're constantly innovating, creating on-trend designs, and delivering high-quality product. Learn more and find inspiration and ideas at Kitchler.com. So with so many products um and and we talked a little bit about this um about proprietary communication versus is there some push for you know a a common language for all these products to have is that something people are working on yet
2: There is and there are so many different players in this space um there is a lot of work going on. I think there is kind of a, a understanding that there is need for consumers to not lose their minds. I'd say one of the biggest <laughs> efforts going on right now is some of the big players like Google and Amazon and Samsung are working on a standard that's now called matter. And so that'll get at a lot of the the communication layers and really having a, a consistent way that they can all communicate without having to, you know, add on different apps or additional software pieces. So so that's one project going on, and there are others as well. Also on the security front to really have some cybersecurity standards, both at the product level and then kind of universally. Um, But again, we are still a little early on, and that'll be a lot of different players working on those as we move forward.
1: So besides interoperability, um, what else should product designers um, it, let's say I manufacture some sort of product that I'd like to submit to you. What are some of the considerations you look for besides interoperability and, and being able to communicate well?
2: Well, energy efficiency is still first and foremost. So that's kind of a, a, a basis. Having efficient products we will often reference Energy Star or our own specifications for a measure of what good efficiency is. Um, As you mentioned, interoperability is part of our desire for this load management and demand flexible functionality. The other one is security and privacy. Um, But then the last one, which is very important for lighting is consumer amenity. So we're looking for things that provide comfort, convenience, and are attractive. We're not going to award things that don't, you know, incentivize or encourage someone to buy them off the shelf. So, uh, looks do matter. And we're kind of not willing to compromise on that front either. So it's, it's a lot of high bars. It is. And so what are some of the, you know, after
0: a product is recognized in the competition, what are some of the benefits to the manufacturer of the product for entering the competition and having their product chosen?
2: There are both short-term and long-term benefits. Uh, When we launched this competition in the early 2000s and sort of tested with lighting manufacturers what they wanted and offered large cash prizes, they actually came back and said, we'd rather have the endorsement of U Utilities' federal government. So they've got the endorsement of all of our 30-plus sponsors, which range from utilities across the U.S. and Canada to DOE and EPA, certainly ALA is one of our founding organizers, UL, EPRI, and a whole bunch of other, you know, really solid folks when it comes to driving us towards reduced greenhouse gas emissions. What it looks like a little bit more tangibly is sometimes we'll have members go off and run pilots or programs really testing some of the specific energy savings that they might be able to capture from some of these products and maybe turn into full bone programs that they can incentivize to customers and provide downstream rebates for. So lots of possible ways. And then I think the last, less tangible one, is just a a really clear, singular communication with us, the energy industry. We've got all these individual utilities looking for the next best thing, and this provides an easy access to the best of the best, so they don't each have to go out and do their own research every year to find out what's new and find out what they might want to be working towards.
1: So that's kind of at the the macro level. But let's say I'm a consumer, I want to walk into a showroom and buy a product um, to use in my home. What are some of the things I should look for? What are some of the the hurdles or obstacles for me just picking my own things and trying to integrate them into my home myself?
2: It is a confusing space and, and being a homeowner, i found myself scratching my head very often. So hopefully the education from distributors and retailers will continue to improve as some of this language gets a little bit more mainstream. There are plenty of resources out there. Um, the integrated home website kind of goes into some detail and ALA has a lot of fantastic resources. But I think kind of for, for folks trying to get into the connected home space, really finding the right professionals to ask or the right entities to be doing research and also really understanding what it is you're looking for. Some of the other trends we're seeing is just products are all over the place and offer very different capabilities and services. And if you don't want your outdoor lighting to throw dance parties, you probably are gonna be looking for a different product. So just kind of recognizing that the there is a very wide range of offerings out there And, um, you know, it's getting increasingly large with all these different players kind of vying for room in the space.
1: What's one of the coolest things you saw that did something that surprised
2: you? Let's see. Well, an outdoor dance party uh, sounds pretty (laughs) exciting to me, but I think the UVC germicidal lighting was neat in that, um, you know, while the pandemic has been awful, it really has raised awareness about how people interact with their home, both because they're there all the time, but also thinking a little bit more about indoor air quality and how we're engaging with our homes and knowing that they are living and breathing entities that you know we we have voice over and can choose. So I think some of the ones that are really kind of tapping into how people can experience their home um, are the ones that are most exciting for me.
0: So if you're a consumer and you're, you know, walking into a showroom. Looking for integrated home products. Is it okay to just start with, with one product and and kind of say you want to start with your lighting and then move on from there? Um, Is that something that that would work?
2: it might work it should work but um you know that's i think the the reason why we're we're doing this is it needs to work mm-hmm. and if you if you buy one that will not communicate with anything else and then again you're stuck with all these different systems we as an industry are going to face a lot of backlash and trouble moving forward and so we're seeing a lot of lighting manufacturers and products kind of moving in that space but it is it is a tough value proposition for OEMs to say, okay, we we may not own everything in the home, and you know have to play nicely with others. It's it's a it's a tough space when everyone is competing. But you as a consumer sort of should be looking for that first and foremost. Um, if you're you know moving towards lots of smart things, having that interoperability is sort of one of the the key features that we've been pushing really hard. And for lighting, it may not matter. Another thing to consider is when will you replace this? So if you're buying a water heater. We really want to see that communication embedded and that functionality there because you're probably not going to buy another one for fifteen years. If it's a light bulb that you can easily change out it's probably less important. but again, recognizing that the the home is something that is um, you know living in there and you're interacting with it, you kind of want to think about those types of considerations so
1: final thoughts what what should people know about? energy and lighting and the future of integrated homes?
2: I think there are lots of things that everyday people don't need to know, but I do think it's worth recognizing that we are in a paradigm shift fundamentally and the energy dynamic as we know it is, is not ever going to be the same. There will be more and more renewables coming on. There'll be more and more uh, extreme climate conditions. And so the need for homes that can help be responsive to peak demand and shifting when and where energy is used is going to become increasingly important. And again, that might not be necessary for the homeowner to understand all the nuances of time of use rates and and all that, but recognizing that the, the smart and communicating and interactive functionalities are really necessary for our world to be moving towards decarbonization and reducing those greenhouse gas emissions. And that utilities are actually there to help um, and hopefully incentivize some of this and and make it happen quicker.
1: Thank you so much for your time.
2: You're so welcome. This was a pleasure.
0: So the integrated home and connected
1: homes is clearly where we're headed, right? Absolutely. and And to be able to manage our electric needs intelligently, Smartly, like a smart home, is where we need to go because we're only using more and more energy every year. There are more people, there are more devices to power, there are lots of reasons why we need to pay attention to how much and when we're using our energy. Exactly, and it's really nice to know that there are organizations out there
0: like CEE that are working with utilities and Not only supporting energy usage, but doing it all from a consumer facing lens and perspective and trying to ensure that not only are these products good for energy savings and conservation, but they're also easy to use. They work with one another. They're designed in beautiful and simple ways for people to understand and integrate
1: them into their homes And it's a a big transformation for the industry, I think we're all kind of learning as we go the manufacturers are learning to create products, we are starting to learn how to create a language for all of them to speak to each other, but also showroomers are going to have to learn how to, you know, learn which products work well with others and learn how to educate consumers on how to upgrade an existing home or outfit a new home uh, as as we get further and further into this technology. Yeah, exactly.
0: People are going to be coming to showrooms and, and wanting to, you know, integrate these products <laughs> into their homes and Being at the forefront of understanding what these products are and how they work is really going to put ALA members at at an advantage in in that perspective. And we have a lot of resources available through ALA and through CEE and other other areas that can help our members and consumers understand Mm -hmm. what these products are and and what they need to know in order to
1: prepare their homes uh, for this change. And, and we're keeping an eye on the market and developing new educational programs for folks, so we can all kind of learn together. Yes. And I did also want to mention
0: that um, this past week, we had a webinar with CEE, and they explained all the ins and outs of how to enter the competition. So if you're a manufacturer looking to enter a product, that is an excellent place to start. And we have that
1: webinar linked below in our show notes. Absolutely. And as always, you don't have to be a manufacturer to watch that webinar. If you are just interested in finding out more about getting in the weeds with some of this stuff, absolutely. Uh, find out what's going on with CEE and find out more about the competition and what they're looking for. Um, right. And if you have any questions, of course,
0: or you know, have trouble accessing any of that, always feel free to email us at podcast.alalighting.com.
1: We actually uh, had Terry check in with us last week and let us know how, what she was thinking about the podcast. And we want all of you to just check in with us, uh, send us an email, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, if you work for a lighting company or if you don't. Um, we are so interested in hearing who's out there listening. Yeah, and what
0: you want to hear about. If you have suggestions for topics for us to cover, we would love to hear that. Another thing I wanted to get into that I'm really excited about this year is the return of the in-person ALA conference.
1: Yay! Yay. The crowd goes wild. (laughs) (laughs) We have been virtual for the past two years. We all know why. And um, we'll be meeting in Austin on September 11th through the 13th this year.
0: Yes, and we are going to be discussing so many interesting topics. I'm sure there will be many things that cover integrated and connected homes, as we've mm-hmm. discussed. Um, we're also going to have topics like branding and preparing your business for you know, being a leader in the industry and, and what that means. We have a real estate consultant coming who is going to be talking about the future of the housing market and the changes that we can expect and how that is going to open up new opportunity opportunities for growth, as well as... The affordability risks that come along with that.
1: And there will be, in addition to all the the formal educational topics and the keynote speakers and the breakout workshops, all these kind of formal educational sessions, we hear over and over again that for people in the lighting industry, some of the best moments in the conference are sitting at a table talking to someone you've never met before and and all the one-on-one conversations oh I have this problem with x and the person you're sitting with says oh we had that problem here's how here's what we did there are so many opportunities to make connections with people that you wouldn't meet any other way exactly
0: so if you want to join us for that event please do. We would love to have you. ALAConference.com will allow you to register and uh, book a hotel room at, at the Marriott, Austin Marriott downtown, which is where the event will be hosted. We have a group discounted rate, so don't miss out on that. And we would love to see you there.
1: Absolutely. We'll, we will see you there.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again to Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting for sponsoring this podcast. We are so appreciative of their support
1: and thank you all for listening
0: bye-bye stay brilliant
1: (laughs) 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 every episode